0: Good morning. It's good to see you on this rainy day as we celebrate the goodness of the Lord. I'm a little struggling this morning, so I pray that you bear with me. It started out with a little distractions because my heart's been heavy this morning. It's been heavy this morning. It's been heavy all week. You see, Wednesday, we're going through the book of Daniel. Sundays I've been preaching through Revelation. You have to understand that both of them go hand in hand, okay? Everything in our word points to Jesus Christ and God's sovereign plan. We can't miss that. And this Wednesday, as I've going, been going through Daniel, and I've been out a few weeks and started going back through it, I, I made the statement, I w- wish everybody would be here to hear this because it's lesson. Has really jumped on me and 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 if you watch Wednesday or if you were here, you're gonna hear some of it again. I said I wasn't gonna do it, but God showed me otherwise that I think there's something we all need to hear. What's going on in this world today? You gotta ask yourself, are you a prayer warrior or are you a prayer consumer? Are you reaching out to Christ with sincerity or are you reaching out to Christ like he's Walmart? This has really been on my heart. See, let me tell you a story. And it had to be a distraction because this morning, as usual, I tell people, if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, then try to get ready on a Sunday morning. As I was beginning to get distracted right off the bat at 7 o'clock this morning, I'm running behind. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go to McDonald's and get me a McMuffin and get my coffee. Usually I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I no more than turn right in the town of Campobello and look and a deer hits me. I didn't hit him. He hit me. (laughs) And I'm going, whoa. You know, I caught out of the glimpse of my eye. I stopped and I jumped out and looked at the truck. Poor old deer staggered off got my attention. I called Tim. She said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Just a little distracted. You see, I believe that Satan distracts. And if he can get your eyes off what you're supposed to do, then he's accomplished his task. You see, there was a man named Daniel. And you have heard of all the stories and the the, the, the bedtime and the Sunday school stories about the fiery furnace and the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've heard about Daniel in the lion's den. But let me tell you a little something about Daniel. You see, if you read the Bible from Genesis to to Revelation, and we go through this on Wednesdays, y'all ought to join us. We go through a lot of history on Wednesdays and have a lot of questions. But if you look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see that what we, I learned in school, a great professor taught me in an acronym, every sort of all Baptist preachers get rich, okay? That's not true, but the whole point of the acronym is, well, some of them do, then that's the problem. But anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the acronym stands for this. If you look at all the major kingdoms of the world who have really oppressed Israel and who have been a thorn in the side of mankind is Egypt, Syria, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Those are the seven kingdoms that are predominant throughout the Bible, beginning with Egypt and ending with Rome. Okay? Now, Daniel is taken into captivity, Babylonian exile. Him and some of the prominent uh, Hebrew men and women and, and, and children, you know, they take them into exile, and they take the prominent people that they believe can be taught or they are gifted, and put them in positions for their benefit. Okay? So Daniel was one of those. And see, what happened was, you got to understand what happens. After the period of the judges, Israel cried for a king. Okay? They cried for a king. And they got Saul. Saul was a little jaded. He had some issues. Then David comes on board. Saul and David. Then David has a son through Bathsheba named Solomon. The three kings of Israel. And in 2 Chronicles 7, God makes it clear. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, humble yourself, repent, follow my rule. You'll be blessed but disobedience equals what cursings when Solomon died the kingdom split Israel to the north Judah to the south and during the kingdom Jehoiakim he would fall to Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar now this is where Daniel comes in you see Daniel comes in and Daniel has a gift He can interpret dreams. Not only is Daniel a righteous man and a faithful man who will stand firm even to his dietary regulations. Beautiful read. Daniel's a beautiful read. But he's a faithful, upright man who will tell it like it is, brother. And King Nebuchadnezzar is troubled. And this Daniel will interpret his dreams. And Daniel would tell him, oh, there's more kingdoms coming, brother. There's more coming. You think that statue started off fine and it looks good, but it's lighter at the top and tougher on the bottom and they're coming. So Daniel gets promoted. And then you'll hear through Daniel's interpretations of visions, even the mighty king Nebuchadnezzar, who through the three Hebrew children of the furnace, would be humbled by the hand of God. But how soon Nebuchadnezzar would forget and he would be humbled again and God would put his hand upon him. But the same Nebuchadnezzar that was put down lifted up and said, I know who the real God is. Then Belshazzar comes into play many years later. You see, I know some of the cartoons and things to pick. Daniel is a young man through all this. Daniel aged And at the time of the lion's den, and he's thrown in because he will not bow. God protects him in the lion's den. And see, Belshazzar has a vision. Belshazzar has a vision, after Nebuchadnezzar, of this writing on the wall. This hand that came and wrote on the wall. And how soon that they had forgotten the mighty hand of God, Belshazzar had to know because they hear of a man who can interpret dreams. This is beautiful. And Daniel, being the man he is, goes in there and says, I can read the writing on the wall. Let me tell you what it says. You've been weighed and measured, and you've been found wanting. Your days are numbered, pal. And sure enough, boom, they'd be overthrown by the next kingdom, the Persians. Of course, Daniel in the lion's den. And now listen, Daniel had a gift. And see, the reason I've been going through Daniel and going through Revelation is you've got to understand again that the whole plan of God is just something he didn't create out of a wimp. He is what he says he is. And he says what he says he does. And if you have your Bible, turn with me to Daniel chapter 9. Now let me tell you what's going on, bring you up to speed. There again, if you haven't been on Wednesdays. Daniel has his own vision in chapter 8. And the vision shakes him up so bad that the Bible says he's sick. He's literally sick in Daniel chapter 8. Now, before we get into the prophetic parts of Daniel, if you will, and you, the historical parts of Daniel, tucked into the center of this book is a beautiful prayer that I think we need to hear. It's one of the most beautiful prayers. And what I want to do today is break this down because a lot of people, and this came up on Wednesday nights, talk about Prayer. So I want to ask you as we walk through this, are you a prayer warrior or are you a consumer? Are you a Walmart shopper with God? Now that becomes tough. But I will tell you, listen people, and wake up to the world around you. God is still in control. And it's time the church stand up. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, in the first year of Darius, the son of Asuerus, a mead by birth, who was made king over the Chaldean kingdom. The Persians are in control, people. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books, according to the word of the Lord, the prophet Jeremiah, that the number of the years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. So I turned my attention to the Lord God to seek Him by prayer, petitions, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Our Lord, now I want you to pay very close attention to this prayer. Our Lord, the great and all inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and his commands, we have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly, rebelled, and turned away from your commands and your ordinances. We have not listened to your servants and prophets that spoke in your name to our kings, leaders, ancestors, and all the people of the land. Lord, righteousness belongs to you. But this day, public shame belongs to us, the men of Judah, the residents of Jerusalem, and all of Israel. Those who are near and those who are far and all the countries where you have banished them because of their disloyalty they have shown toward you. Lord, public shame belongs to us, our kings, our leaders, and our ancestors because we have sinned against you. Compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God though we have rebelled against Him and have not obeyed the Lord our God by following the instructions that He set before us through His servants, the prophets. All Israel has broken your law and turned away, refusing to obey you and the promise cursed written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. He has carried, us, carried out his words that he spoke against us and against our rulers by bringing on a disaster that is so great that nothing like what has been done to Jerusalem has ever been done under all of heaven. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquities and paying attention to your truth. Key sentence. So the Lord kept the disaster in mind, brought it on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all He has done, but we have not obeyed Him. Do you see the theme? Now, Lord our God, who brought Your people out of the land of Egypt with strong hand and made Your name renowned, as it is to this day, we have sinned. We have acted wickedly. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, may your anger and wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of ridicule to those around us. Therefore, our God, hear the prayer and petitions of your servant. Make your face shine upon your desolate sanctuary for the Lord's sake. Listen closely, my God, and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that bears your name. For we are not presenting our petitions before you based on righteous acts. Very strong point. But based on your abundant compassion, Lord, hear, Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and act. May God, my God, for your own sake, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name let us pray dear heavenly father lord speak to us this morning god it is my prayer that you touch lives and you touch hearts lord reveal yourself to us cleanse all iniquity that lord you would be glorified in a land where kingdoms are falling apart you are still the king on the throne god and nobody will thwart your plan god make us tough give us courage give us strong ability to stand on the faith that You have given us. And Lord, let's treat grace as a gift and not a joke. God, You alone are worthy of all praise. Lead us and protect us. And all God's people said, Amen. If we could go back to the first few verses, I want you to look at three things here. I'm going to give you a few things this morning. But I want you to look at the motive of his prayer, the manner of his prayer, and the method. Okay? But I want to go back to the first part of this, and I want you to see something. This is very important. He's talking about the 70 years of Babylonian captivity. It's coming to an end, but yet more trouble is coming. And the vision that Daniel will have, as he will get his answer a little bit later, is the promise of deliverance by a man who can deliver all things, and that's Jesus Christ. The messianic kingdom to come. But I want you to look what he does. This man who has been in captivity falls on his face. You see, the Bible tells me that what happened, he was understanding from the books according to the word of the Lord, the prophet Jeremiah. He was reading scripture, people. Listen to me, if you don't hear another word I say, you want to have a firm prayer life, then you have a firm Bible life. They go hand in hand. God doesn't need our prayers, but when we pray to Him, we're in tune to what He has said He is. We must read the Word of God. You see, I shared something other Wednesday with people, and I'm going to give you a shock factor this morning. Please go with me, and it make you examine yourself. Listen to me. One Wednesday, I've done this at several places I've done. I asked this Wednesday here, and I didn't get everybody to raise their hand. But if you're a born-again believer, how long have you been saved? Most been saved more than a year. Most been saved more than five years. Some more than 10, more than 15, 20. So we had two to 300 years of salvations in this place. So I said, now how many of you can commit 10 verses to memory? Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I did that for a reason. You see, here's the deal. I don't want to humiliate or embarrass anybody, but it brings God's shame to know we call ourselves for Christians many years and we don't know His Word. How do you expect God to talk to you if you don't read His Word? Why do you wonder why things go the way they do when we don't read His Word? You see, here's the thing. There are a lot of people, like Leonard Ravenhill said, they don't have fellowship with God, they have fellowship with each other about God. You must be a student of the Word if you claim you're a Christian. There is no other way. Why does your prayer life suffers? You study life suffers. I'm not here to... to create tension, but I'm here to bring a reality. You see, a lot of people take prayer like this. It's like the story of the two hunters going through the woods. And all of a sudden, a bear gets after them. One of the hunters looks at the other hunters starts to say a prayer. He said, I don't know when he will pray something. He says, well, Lord, I pray that this is a Christian bear. And all of a sudden, the bear dropped to his knees and said, oh, Lord, thank you for these meals I'm about to receive. That's the way we look at prayer. That's the way we look at prayer. And see, what happens here is Daniel is moved because he heard the words of the prophet Jeremiah. You know what stirs him? Listen to me. Jeremiah chapter 2 tells me this in the book of Jeremiah. My people have committed two sins. They have turned from me and they have built cisterns of their own making that don't hold water. And that's what the church is doing today. They have turned from him And they're building cisterns that don't hold water. Come back! Come back! Because we have learned that total dependence is upon ourselves and not upon Jesus Christ. Turn back. The sins that He prays for His people, look what He does. He prostrates Himself. He fasts. You see this? In sackcloth and ashes... What they used to do in the Old Testament, a sign of broken, contrite heart. When is the last time you prayed for somebody with a broken heart? That you read the Word of God, you studied His Word, and you fell on your faith prostrate before the Lord. When's the last time you did that? You see, the motive of this prayer was that his people were in turmoil because of their own making. This is very important. You see, the Bible tells me that he prepared himself. And he prayed to the Lord and he confessed. Now, a lot of people ask me how to pray. I think Jesus has given us a clear example. Daniel gives us a clear example. Nehemiah gives us a clear example of how to pray. And because he is broken for the sins of the people, he prostrates himself and cries out this. Look. O Lord, the great awe-inspiring God who keeps His gracious covenant with those who love Him and keep His commands. You see what he's doing? He's giving adoration to God first. You must understand this. We like to use the prayer method. Acts. Admiration. God is worthy to be praised. We were created for his glory. He wasn't created for ours. Daniel bears down and he breaks down and says, God, you are the creator, the provider of all things. It is amazing how quickly we forget God as the provider of all things. You see, he alone is worthy of praise. You see what he does? He gives God the glory. What does Jesus do in Matthew? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The word Father, Abba, Daddy. What do you mean? Because here's this point not to be cute, but to draw intimacy to the Father. We're to be intimate with the Father. Are you intimate with the Father? Do you seek His face in intimacy? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Adoration to the Father. My will and God's will, they conflict. Lord, your will be done. You have seen what Chad has not seen. You have done what Chad has not done. You are the same God that spoke to Job in chapter 39. Who are you? I created the foundation in the earth. I'm the one that tells the seas where to come. I'm the one that sets the sun. I'm the one that rises the moon. It is all on me. So many times, we forget to give adoration to the one whom it is worthy. So Daniel prays and he gives adoration to God. But look what he also does. He confesses to God We have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly, and rebelled, and turned away from your commands and your ordinances. The Bible is very clear. You learn this. We studied this on Wednesday. Obedience equals blessings. Disobedience equals cursings. Sin has consequences. You see, if you will notice the we in this, Daniel's making a point. I want everybody to hear this very clearly if you don't hear another word I say. I'm not saying that every problem that you go through is God punishing you. But I will tell you this, you should always be the first person that you look at. We have brought this on ourselves, Daniel says. We did this. You give us all these things. Your hand that delivered us out of Egypt. We've seen you part the mighty waters. We've seen you give us bread. We've seen you give us water. And yet we have forgotten who you are. So easily how we forget who God is when things are going our way. Amen? But that's not something I should amen for, is it? That we have forgotten God. You see, too many times when it comes to confession of our sin, we do it in passing and not with a broke heart. We have sinned against you. I believe when we confess our sins, we need to be personal. So many times in our lives, we've done it flippantly. Lord, forgive me today. Forgive me. And then you go back and you do the same thing. Confession of sin means turning from it, not repeating it. Isn't that right? We have turned away. We have not listened to sound preaching. Listen. Servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, leaders, ancestors, and all the people of the land. In other words, everybody's wrong because we didn't listen. We didn't listen. And this prayer warrior. First gives adoration to God, and then he confesses his sin. Not only does he confess his sin, he prays for the sin of others. you got that family member that's wretched and wallowing in alcoholism, maybe a thief, maybe a murderer, maybe a liar, maybe a jerk. How many times do you pray for him and that God works in their heart? We wonder why God doesn't respond to us the way we think we should. Because we don't take Him seriously. We don't take His Word seriously. We don't pray in faith. We pray in abandoned hope. You see, like I shared with you last week about praying for friends, God's timing is not our timing. And I'm not guaranteeing that the people I pray for will be saved. But I tell you this, God knows I'm sincere when I pray for them. How serious are we about our prayers? Are we praying as warriors or are we praying for, as consumers? You see, Lord, righteousness belongs to you. Do you hear that? Righteousness belongs to God. He alone is holy, He alone is worthy. But this day, public shame belongs to us. Do you see that? It's not God's fault, it's ours. We've brought this upon ourselves. Men of Judah, the residents of Jerusalem, all of Israel, those who are near and those who are far in countries where they have banished them because of this loyalty they have shown toward you. Let me give you a clear point, though. If you under discipline, God will bring a point to your mind to let you know something. Let me tell you something. My father used to whoop me good when I disobeyed. Let me tell you something, your heavenly father will whip you good. So the first thing you got to ask yourself is why I'm going through this is by my own making. Have I brought myself to this? Is the reason I'm going through this because of me? Do I listen to others? Or do I listen to the word of God? You see, the thing that amazed me about reading this with Daniel before he fell on his knees and prayed as he spent time in the Word, this is what amazed me about this. He spent time in the Word of God. Now, he didn't say devotionals. He didn't say commentaries. He didn't say all these nonfiction books that are we are so cool. Now, there's not nothing, there's not nothing, there's not anything wrong with reading some of those, but never let other books take precedent over the Word of God. Period. The Word of God is first. Not somebody's commentary on what he thinks it says. Do you hear me? Look, I love a lot of people. A lot of people don't love me. A lot of people do. But I am a human being that will fail. I will let you down. But God's Word is truth. Men make mistakes... There's some people's theology that I wouldn't get out of the electric chair to listen to because we don't be good Bereans and examine what they say by the Word of God. He examined the Word of God. You see, a lot of people think even in the New Testament that Jesus walked around with His NASB or NIB or whatever it was. He didn't. He had the Old Testament Scriptures that pointed to Him. You see, there were some letters that came out a little later. But God's word has always been preserved. And he'll always preserve it. And what better place to go to than the word of God? So he gives God the glory after studying the word. He is moved. He confesses his sin. Look what he says. Public shame belongs to us, our kings, our leaders, our ancestors, because we have sinned against you. Compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God, though we have rebelled against Him. And not obeyed the Lord God by following His instruction that's set before us through His servants and the prophets. Israel has broken your law, turned away, refusing to obey you. The promised curse written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out upon us. God told them it was coming if they wouldn't obey. It's just like the child. Isn't it amazing how we get upset when we do something wrong and we get in trouble for it? You break into somebody's house, you go to jail, and you're mad because you went to jail. It's society's fault. That child, you tell, don't have that cookie. Well, I want a cookie. You cannot have that cookie, but I want that cookie. You're not getting that cookie. And what do they do? They go get that cookie. And what happens a lot of times in society is what we've done oh, well, he got it anyway. We have not learned and been taught enough in the church that sin has consequences. You can teach it to your children now or you can teach it later, but I can promise you they're going to learn it. Sin has consequences. And these people are under oppression because of their sin. And Daniel reaches out. And he reaches out in prayer. Look what it says. Next slide. We, have turned our, we, have tur- we are turning we are, of the Lord God by turning from our iniquities and paying attention to your truth. We have done this because we haven't. So the Lord kept disaster in mind and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all he has done. But we have not obeyed him. Now Lord God who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a strong hand made your name renowned as it is this day. We have sinned. We have act- acted wickedly. Lord in keeping with your righteous acts may your anger and wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, this holy mountain, for because of the sins and the iniquities of our ancestors, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of ridicule to those around us. God, please forgive us. Forgive us, God. You see, there's nothing fancy. A lot of people like to pray because there are many words. Jesus would get on to them about this. I've heard, men, I've heard men pray in languages that I'd need a thesaurus to figure out what they were saying. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I want to tell you this. It's not by your prayer words that make you who you are. It's about how your soul prays that makes you who you are. Are you in direct with God? You see, it's not about using flippant attitude or psychedelic and funky words that's going to make people go, wow, they sure are cool. But about somebody who gives adoration to Christ, who confesses Christ, who thanks God for Christ. Admiration, confession, thanksgiving. God, it belongs to you. Forgive us. You see, I want to tell you what's very interesting to me. I talked about this Wednesday. You want to read something cool? I want you to read of Matthew's account of the thieves on the cross. Okay? This is why the the gospel is so beautiful. Oh, the word of God is beautiful. It's cool if we'll read it. You see, Matthew tells me that those who hung with him reviled him. Do you hear that? Plural. We know that he is crucified with two people, and those who hung with him reviled him. You'll find that in the book of Matthew. They hurled insults at him. Those. But something happened. What happened is God got on that other thief. You see, the first part of forgiveness is realizing who you are. You see, what did the thief do when we hear the other account of the thieves on the cross? The Bible says that the thief said, one thief said, if you be the Son of God, save yourself and us. And the other thief turned to him and said, do you see? Do you not see around you? that we are under the same condemnation? Have you no fear of God? This man has done nothing. He saw the lamb on the cross. He's seen the sin in his heart. And he turned and said, God, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And that man's forgiven. And one day, if you're born again, believer in Jesus Christ, you'll see that thief on the cross who his heart was transformed by the Spirit of God. The same man that hours before was mocking Jesus is now in heaven praising Jesus. Amen? Big difference. You see, he confessed his sin. And Daniel's a thankful man. You see, I tell people when we pray, just like Jesus said, admiration, admiration, Confession. Thanksgiving. Are you happy for what you have? You see, Daniel is thankful. He don't say thank you, God, but look what he says. God, hear our prayers and the petitions of your servant. Listen to me. Daniel knew that what was happening to him was brought on by their own making. And Daniel knew that God could deliver it from them. How thankful are you for what you have? Do you thank God every day? You see, one thing that bothers me, or several things that bothers me, is one thing that you will see about Daniel in the the manner and the method in which he did this. That Daniel knew that God was his provider, and Daniel knew what blessings were. Now, listen to me. This is where it gets everybody's attention but I pray you go with me on this. I see so many times on Facebook, face gossip, or around other people about how they'll say they're blessed. Have you ever noticed when people say they're blessed, it's always accompanied by something material? Now go with me. I got my new house. I'm blessed. I got my new car. I'm blessed. Got that new job. I'm blessed. I got a new doctor. I'm blessed. I got a new opportunity to go somewhere and live for 25 years. I'm blessed. Would you still say you was blessed if you lost everything you had? Would you? Listen to me. This strikes nerves. Well, I am blessed more than I deserve. You better believe it. But it has nothing to do with your materialism. You got Bibles with you? Phones, whatever you may have. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 5 for a minute. Yeah, I'm a little longer winded, but bear with me. Matthew chapter 5, listen to me. Let me tell you what blessed means. Okay? And whether you're on air, whether you're in here today, I pray that you listen to this. What does blessed mean? Jesus would begin to teach them in Matthew chapter 5. And He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed. It comes from the Greek, which means to be fully satisfied. Listen. What does it mean to be blessed? Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Why are they mourning? Because they are tormented in their spirit. For those who mourn over their condition. Listen, blessed are those who humble, for they will inherit earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Listen, this is where blessedness gets really serious. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they are called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of the righteousness for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That's blessedness. Blessedness comes from the Father, not through things. If you lost everything you had, would you still say you're blessed? Daniel is a captive in the middle of hell on earth and he says, you alone are worthy, O God. That's blessed. I went to the gas station the other day I found myself complaining because I paid $40 to fill up my wife's Jeep and then God laid it on my heart very clearly. You don't have a missile coming through your window, Chad. When you go to sleep tonight, remember that there are women and children with AK-47s fighting in the streets because of their freedom. It's coming, people. It's over there, but I can promise you this world is sinful. It's coming here. You better stand up. Who do you believe? You see, Chad, you're passionate about this. Yes, I am. Because I saw a pastor from the Baptist Theological Seminary from Ukraine say this. We survived under the ground when the Soviet Union was here. We'll survive again and go underground if we have to. But we will preach the gospel. We don't know what blessing is. Guys, it's my prayer. It's church, wake up. Wake up. And it's not just us. It's everybody out there. We're not consumers. We're to be prayer warriors. With people that are broken, contrite hearts, reach out to Holy God who alone is worthy. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm careful who I ask to pray for me. The other day, my boss man said something be on air, but that's all I don't matter at this point, but... My boss said something to me. I got called in Friday night. And I run into a situation because I'd worked on something I've never worked on before. And I had to call for help. So I started at the top of the line to the most knowledgeable and I worked my way down to somebody come in to help me. And when I called him and told him I called everybody I could, he began to ask people the next day, did he call you? And some of the people said, no, he didn't call me. Other person, no, he didn't call me. He said, well, you didn't call everybody. I said, I called everybody that could help me. I said, no disrespect, but why would I call somebody else in that don't know more about it than I do? Then you have two people looking stupid. He alone is worthy. You see, when we put out a prayer chain, and a lot of people pray, but I want to know the person praying for me is in right standing with God. I'm going to be honest with you people there's some people I don't want praying for me if you're living in hell and living like hell I want your prayers to go higher than the seat on that chair God wants broken contrite hearts prayers work you see what happens let me get a little farther he petitioned the Lord and asked for forgiveness now the Israelites would go through a lot of trouble And they would be oppressed even to this day. But I want to tell you something. The deliverance that God gave was his son Jesus Christ. That's the deliverance that he gave. Babylonian captivity would end. Persian captivity would take over. Then Greece and Rome. But I'm going to tell you this. What they couldn't thwart is the man whose kingdom was not on this earth, but a kingdom and the foundation built in heaven who's over this earth. You see, the Bible tells me, listen, that we're to broke and bro- we are to be broken and contrite hearts. And I want to go back on that for a few moments. How many of you have heard the song Come Thy Fount of Every Blessing by Robert Robertson? How many of you have heard that song, hear, hear that verse, Here I Raise My Ebenezer? You ever heard that? And you've wondered, you've sung it for years, and you go, what is an Ebenezer? Let me tell you what an Ebenezer is. You see, when the Philistines were pressing, the Israelites cried out to Samuel for help. You can find this in the book of Samuel. Beautiful story. They cried to him for help to intervene. And he prayed to God, and God intervened. And the Bible tells me that he erected a pillar between Mizpah and Shin, and called it the Ebenezer. God is our help. You see, I want people praying for me that God hears. I want people praying for me that really pray for me. I want to be that person that prays for you not in passing, but prays for you sincerely. This speaks to me too. Oftentimes we hear people pray for us and we go, okay, Lord, remember them Praise God. Amen, hallelujah. And that's it. Do you break yourself? Do you really pray? God is your help go before him in sincerity but look what he he was i want to give you three things that dan or uh, daniel was number 1 he was a man that feared god fear of god is a good thing people you know why because he is good and we're not And he who began this world and began you can take you out in a heartbeat. He is a God that is over all kings. He is over all rulers and principalities. He is in control. He is the creator, sustainer of all things, and he is holy, and we are not. And he alone is worthy of all praise. Daniel feared God. So I'm going to tell you this. If you're a prayer warrior, you're a person that fears God. Number two, are you a man that loves God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Are you one that seeks his face in all things? And he's also a man that's not ashamed of God. You see, Revelation 21 tells me there will be no cowards in heaven. There's no cowards. That only those who stood firm in the tribulation were righteous. You see, I go back and think that there are a lot of people, if you're afraid to share the gospel with your neighbor, what you gonna do when intense persecution comes? You must be a man and woman that fears God, that loves God, is not ashamed of God. For he that does not confess me in front of me, and I will not confess you in front of my father. Do you know him? But most importantly, does he know you? You see, it's not about what you have, it's about who has you. Leonard Ravenhill shares a story, and I'll do this in closing John Wesley. You see, when John Wesley died, he left behind one Geneva robe, six pounds, two silver spoons. He gave the notes to those that carried us to the body, that worn Geneva robe, and these little silver spoons that he had. But let me tell you what else he left, people. The Methodist church. Did he have money? He had tons. And he gave it away. He built orphanages. He dealt with missions. Because his purpose was to glorify God And see that men come to an understanding of who he is. Daniel prayed for the sins of his people. He prayed for deliverance. And God has given it through his son Jesus Christ. You are blessed more than you deserve if you are Christ. There has never been a time when Christ is not enough. Tonight as we go to bed, there's people that don't have enough food or water to last the night. They're blessed because they have Christ. If They have Christ. And I want you to think about this. They won't be having family picnics. Their kids won't be playing games. Their daddies won't be going to work. They'll be fighting for their lives. But I can tell you this, if they have Christ, they're blessed. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you be blessed, praised, for you alone are worthy. And God, I ask today as we reach up to you that you be glorified in all things. And Lord, I pray that you move in a mighty way. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Lord, lead us, guide us, and protect us that your will be done. And all God's people said, Amen. let's worship.